the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Restoration for Our Souls. Restoration for Our Souls. And we are taking that from Psalm 23 and verse 3. He restores my soul. What a glorious message lies in these four words. It's a positive, life-giving message of hope. It helps us to realize that no matter what we may have done, no matter where we may have gone, no matter how we may have fallen, no matter how wretched we may have become, and that no matter how shameful or ungodly we may have acted, the Good Shepherd is willing to forgive and to restore us to intimate fellowship with himself. Now, over the past uh, 36 years as pastor, I have seen some who used to sing in the choir no longer participate I've seen some who used to worship the Lord with enthusiasm become bored with worship. Some who used to cheerfully give their tithes and offerings seldom, if ever, give to the cause of Christ anymore. Some who used to have an exciting testimony now just sit criticizing or murmuring. And some who used to be faithful in their church attendance now rarely attend church. There's a need for restoration. In fact, all of us need it. We need to have our souls restored periodically. Why? Because we get hurt. Life is tough. We get beat up by discouragement, depression, despair. We have fatigue, failure, frustrations, fears. We all have hidden hurts from our past. We carry wounds, battle scars, emotional baggages. And God wants to restore our soul. So the question is, how does he do that? He does that when we allow him to make three changes in our lives. And the first is, 
by letting God remove your guilt. By letting God remove your guilt. Nothing destroys a soul faster than guilt. In Psalm 38, verses 4 and 6, the psalmist says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. Now, there are two problems with, uh, with guilt. One, we all have plenty of reasons to feel guilty. We are all imperfect. We all make mistakes. And by nature, we carry our guilt um, in our lives. But number two, we can't, we can't get away from guilt. It is in our mind. Even if we go to a new location, we carry a guilty conscience with us. So how do you get rid of guilt? How do you deal with guilt in your life? There are a lot of options. For example, you can deny it, pretend it doesn't exist. You can bury the past, but it doesn't really work. If it is still alive, it will resurrect itself. Just about the time that you think it is buried, the feeling comes back into your mind at the most inappropriate time. You can also minimize it. It's no big deal. Not that big of a sin. Then why do you still remember it? You can also compromise it by just lowering your standards. If you feel guilty about something, you just say, I don't believe it's wrong anymore. You can rationalize your guilt by saying that everybody does it. But in the first place, everybody doesn't do it. And even if they did, justifying it by somebody else's behavior doesn't make it any easier on you. You can blame other people, but blaming other people doesn't make it any easier for you. Most of us beat up on ourselves. We self-administer punishment. But none of these things work. There's only one solution to our guilt. We have to give it to God. He is the only one who can remove guilt from the human heart. Look at Romans 3, 23 and 24, where the Apostle Paul says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. The most basic truth of Christianity is that Jesus Christ has already paid for all of our sins. Everything we have ever done wrong has already been paid for. Everything wrong we 
have, that we have already done, the stuff we are going to do later, all the sins, mistakes, regrets in the future have already been paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. You just need to ask God to forgive you and accept what Jesus did for you on the cross where he already paid for all of your sins. So that's how guilt can be removed. No psychologist can remove your guilt. They don't have the power to forgive you. I don't know what you've done, but it doesn't matter because your forgiveness is not based on how bad you've been, but on how good God is. So what matters is not what you've done, but what Jesus Christ has already done for you on the cross. So how do you get forgiveness from God? You don't beg God. You don't bribe God. You don't bargain with God. All you need to do is just believe, trust him. And as 1 John chapter, chapter 1, uh, verses 9 and 10 says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. So accept Jesus Christ's free gift. That's why it is such good news It's a free gift to us. No, I can wipe the slate clean, start over, have a clear clear conscience. But you've asked God to forgive you many times, and you still feel guilty. I'm sure all of us have gone through that. No matter how many times you ask, you still feel guilty. That means you don't understand what forgiveness is all about. You don't understand that God forgives immediately, um, freely, completely, unconditionally. That it wipes out the guilt the first time that you ask. If you keep asking God to forgive something you've already asked him, then you're saying that you don't believe he forgave you the first time. If you feel guilty about a sin you have already confessed to God, then guilt is not from God, it is from the devil. Because he wants you to feel bad. The devil will tell you that your sin is too big and God will never forgive you. He'll tell you that you've gone too far, that you've acted too ungodly, that you've fallen too low, and that you've been a bad, really bad person. But how does God forgive? He forgives us, according to Paul in, in Colossians chapter 2, 13 and 14. He says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. All of our sins, not just some, he wiped out the evidence. He completely annulled it. So when God forgives, he forgives completely. 
He takes her sins, throws them into the deepest part of the ocean, puts an old fishing sign and says, forget it. God chooses to forget sin that has been confessed and forgiven. So when you pay a bill, do you still worry about it? No. So Jesus of the cross said, it is finished. I've paid for your sins. And so if God forgets confessed sin, why don't we do that? Why do we keep beating up on ourselves when God has already taken care of it? You see, you don't really feel forgiven every time something happens in your life which is not good. You are going to think, God is getting even with me. But he is not doing that because all of your punishment is already placed on Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. And so we do not have to pay that penalty now. As the hymn writer says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. So the second thing that uh, we need to do to have our souls restored is by letting God relieve your grief. Letting God relieve your grief. See, not all of the things in life that damage us are things that we bring upon ourselves. Sometimes we have grief because of things that are done to us. Sometimes you have grief over seeing other people being hurt. The fact is we will be hurt in this life. We will experience loneliness in life. This is not heaven yet. It is still earth. And so some days you're going to be lonely. Some days you're going, your heart will be broken. Some days you will experience sorrow, loss, grief. But what do you do when your heart is, is breaking? What do you do when grief overwhelms you? You can throw a pity party. You can withdraw into a shell and isolate yourself from everyone. But there are still other options. You can let Jesus restore your soul. You see, David was very acquainted with grief. He understood how much it damages our soul when, when uh, we hurt. And so Psalm 31, 9 and 10 says, Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. My sight is blurred because of my tears. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Misery has drained my strength. I am wasting away from within. He's saying that he knows how grief damages the soul. So sometimes we grieve because of our own stupid actions. We do stupid things and make serious mistakes and get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. And so we grieve over that. Sometimes we grieve because we see people we love hurting. Sometimes we grieve because of the loss of a loved one. 
Sometimes we're grieved because we're innocent and somebody has victimized or hurt us. Now David in 2 Samuel chapter 12 gives us some tips on how to handle grief. David's son with Bathsheba was born sick and David grieved over that. He got on his knees, prayed and fasted, but the baby died anyway. So what did David do with his grief then? He did several things, but let me just mention two things that he did and that we need to do if God is going to restore our soul. First, David um, experience indicates that we accept what we cannot change. Accept what you cannot change. In Second Samuel chapter 12, 20 and 21, Then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotion, and changed his clothes. Then he went to the tabernacle and worshipped the Lord. After that, he returned to the place, to the palace, and ate. His advisors were amazed. We don't understand you, they told him. While the baby was still living, you wept and refused to eat. But now that the baby is dead, you have stopped your mourning and are eating again. But look at the next two verses. David replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive. For I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he's dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. There may be some of you who have been hurt by parents, partners, peers. All of the grieving in the world is not going to change the past. Accept what cannot be changed. This is what this patch is telling us. I cannot change my background. I cannot change the hurts I've experienced. And neither can you. Acceptance is a first step to healing the mind, the will, and the emotions. Accept what cannot be changed. But notice... The second, second thing is that um, David focused on what's left, not what was lost. So focus on what's left, not what, what is lost. Second Samuel chapter 12 and verse 24. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and they named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child. Some of you may be going through grief right now. God is not finished with your life. This is not the end. It hurts, but it does not have to devastate you if you will just open your life to Jesus Christ, and let him heal your emotions. The rest of your life can be the best of your life. 
So even though David lost uh, his son, as well as Bathsheba lost her son, they moved on with their life. Life didn't stop for them. And we cannot do that ourselves, or we should not allow that to take place. Now, the third um, thing that we can do to find restoration for our souls is... um, I'm going to change the wording a little bit here. By letting God replace your resentments. By letting God replace your resentments. Resentment comes from what other people do to you. I feel guilty for what I've done to others, but I feel resentment about what others have done to me. You see, life is not fair. People will hurt you, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. Either way, it still hurts. How you handle the resentments of life determines whether you are a bitter person or a better person. The difference between bitter and better is the letter I. I make the choice. I can choose whether the circumstance will devastate me or direct me onto a new path. What do I do with all the hurts that have piled up, all of the emotional baggage that I still resent? What do I do? Look at Job chapter 5 and verse, and verse 2. To worry yourself to death with resentment would be a foolish, senseless thing to do. Why? Because resentment never hurts the other person. It only hurts you. Some of you are continuing to allow people from your past to hurt you even now. And that's foolish because your past is past. They cannot hurt you anymore unless you keep rehearsing it in your mind. Every time you rehearse that resentment, they'll hurt you again. They may even be dead and they're still hurting you from the grave. See, holding onto a hurt only hurts you. As Job chapter 18 verse 4 says, you are only hurting yourself with your anger. So what do you do with your resentment? Paul gives us a good answer here in Romans chapter 12 and verse 19. Paul says, Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for it is written, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. Because of sin in this world, life is unfair. Sometimes innocent people suffer. And sometimes guilty and evil people prosper. So justice is not always served in this world in which we live. But God has said that one day he is going to settle the score. One day he is going to call it into account, right the wrongs, settle the issues that were left unsettled here. The crimes, the injustices, the prejudices, the racism, the sexism, the rapes, murders, hurts, abuses. Yes, that's 
One day God's going to do it. But in the meantime, the Bible says, don't let revenge take over your life because it will eat you up. So what do you do instead? Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. One day God is going to settle the score. In the meantime, says Paul, get rid of all bitterness. Forgive each other as God forgave you. If you have been forgiven, then God expects you to be forgiving. You will never have to forgive any person more than God has already forgiven you. What is it you feel guilty about? All the minimizing, rationalizing, compromising, and blaming, and beating up on yourself does not work. Jesus Christ alone can remove the guilt and nobody else can. He specializes in new beginnings. He can wipe the slate clean. There's no reason in the world for, for any of us here to continue feeling guilty when Jesus offers forgiveness. Just accept it. Stop punishing yourself for the, for the past. You don't need a self-help book to tell you what to do. What you need is a savior. You need a shepherd. And if you'll give him a chance, he will restore you. He will restore peace to your troubled minds. He will restore joy to your disheartened soul. He'll restore calmness to your tense nerves and contentment to your searching heart. Regardless of the road we must travel, regardless of the mountains we must climb, Regardless of the valleys we must cross, regardless of the burdens we must bear, and regardless of the trials we must face, we are led by the Good Shepherd, and we do not have to fear anything. Remember, there is no problem which God cannot solve. There is no situation which God cannot change. There is no hardship which God cannot help you through. There is no sorrow that God cannot comfort. There's no burden that God cannot lift, no crisis which God cannot handle, no fear which God cannot relieve, no doubt which God cannot dissolve, no enemy that God cannot subdue. There's no hurt that God cannot heal. There's no storm that God cannot calm, and there is no sinner that God cannot forgive. And if we hold to his hand we will discover that he will not only restore our soul and lead us in the path of righteousness, but will lead us also into the glorious city of God with its gates of pearl, its walls of jasper, its foundation, foundations of precious stones, its streets of gold, and its mansions fair. And he will lead us to his very throne where we will be worshiping him forever and ever and ever. Amen.
Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.